Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We've been talking about being raised with Christ. A passage in Ephesians chapters 1 and 2. We've spent a few weeks speaking of this, how we died with Him. We were buried with Him. We raised with Him. We ascended and are empowered with Him. And the climax of the passage, the final verse, is Ephesians 2 verse 6, which says we are seated together with Him in heavenly places. And all the words before that give us the imagery of seated in authority on a throne in power. Revelation 3 tells us we are on a throne with Him. We're close to Him. There's intimacy. There's acceptance. We are righteous. We are pure. There's some amazing imagery here. But I want to focus today in this last talk on this subject of raised with Christ. I want to talk about what does it mean that we are in heaven right now. Now, a few years ago, actually a couple of decades ago now, I was brought into the understanding of how my spirit is perfect like Jesus. My body or flesh will be made perfect one day, but my soul is in the middle trying to decide. It's the deciding factor. I can set my mind on the spirit or on the flesh, Romans 8 and various other places say. And I was brought to understand my spirit is perfect, born again, just like Jesus. And there are many verses that tell us that. But I never understood until about 10 years ago that it's because my spirit is in heaven already. Did you know that there is a part of you, the middle of you, that is in heaven already? You know, we think of heaven based on the verses in the Bible as being this amazing time and this amazing place. There's a song by Sandy Patty called Another Time and Another Place, speaking of heaven. And we think time-wise that heaven is way in the future after I die and somehow after Judgment Day, which is at the end of time. And so we're all confused. If I die now, do I go in limbo until Judgment Day? And, and Christians are all confused. But time is one of the aspects of heaven that we can't quite grasp with our human minds. And so we think time-wise, heaven is in the future. And then place-wise, we think it's in another place, far away, I don't know, in the stars somewhere or, or somewhere far away. But actually, when we understand it's another dimension and it's in us and it's now, and somehow we are already seated in heaven, in our spirits, even though we're here on earth, if we get that, it changes our perspective on Christianity. Now, I know this is hard for us to understand. It really is because we have finite earthly minds that are bound to this earth, to physical time and space. And so it's hard for us to get our heads around. But I want to show you several passages today. So the first is the one we've already quoted from Ephesians 2 verse 6, which says, We are right now seated with Him together in heavenly places. We are with Him right now. Ephesians 3 verse 15 says that there are people in heaven and on earth that are part of the family of God right now. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise, heaven right now. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, I would rather be absent from the body and present with the Lord. 
it's, it's a now thing. Heaven is now. And now I want to just show you a few of these amazing verses. So the first is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 20. He was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, that is so interesting. People came and challenged Jesus and they said, when would the kingdom of God come? When will heaven happen? Is it at the end, judgment day? When? Is it tomorrow? Is it a long time? When? And Jesus answered and said, not just the when, but the where. He said, don't go looking somewhere for the kingdom of God, which is also called the kingdom of heaven, heaven itself. Don't go looking for it. Um, and don't, it doesn't come with observation. Don't look with physical eyes. He says, for the kingdom of God is within you. And now this links up with a few other things that Jesus said. Matthew 4 verse 17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is right here or is near you. What was he saying? Was he saying that king, the kingdom of heaven is about to happen? No, he was saying it's right here. Listen to what he told his disciples when he sent them out to preach. He said in Matthew 10, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus himself understood that he brought the kingdom of heaven. It was with him. It was in him. It was now and it was here and then he told his disciples to say the same thing. So they obviously had it with them and they demonstrated it by bringing heaven, healing, freedom, uh, release from guilt. All these things he brought heaven and he healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, cast out demons. I wonder how your brain is processing this right now. You know, when we've been used to thinking one way, we've been used to using our five senses and our logic to understand the world around us. It's hard to think there may be another reality, another time, eternity that's not in the future, but is all around us right now. It's hard for us to get our minds around this. And, and, and it's not another place. It's within me. And the best way to understand this is that there is physical and there is spiritual. Flesh and blood, physical things, our five senses, that's how we understand the physical, and we live in it. We live in a physical body, like an earth suit. You know, you have a space suit if you go to space, you have a deep sea diving suit if you go under the sea. For us as spiritual beings, when we live on earth, we need an earth suit, and that is what this flesh and blood body is. There is flesh and blood and physical, and it is real, and it is it is a, a dimension, if you like. We know how it works because we live in it. But there is another dimension called spiritual. And the Bible says it's invisible. It says God is spirit. It says God is invisible. It says it's eternal. It's the always present. It's, it's not future, past, present. It's always now. God says, I am is my name. Uh, so eternity is all around the physical. And we know that eternity is the parent dimension. The, the physical was made 
from the eternal God out of eternity said, there's going to be a first day, let there be light. There's going to be a last day, judgment day, and everything in between is this physical realm. Let me just show you what Jesus said in John chapter 3. He was asked by Nicodemus uh, some questions and he said in verse 3, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, which is equivalent to saying heaven. Nicodemus was confused and Jesus answered in verse 5, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. He was saying that we need to be born physically, but then we need to be born again spiritually. That which is born of flesh is flesh, earthly dimension. That which is born of spirit, in other words, being born again means spiritually. My spirit is made new. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And then Jesus said something so interesting in verse 13. He said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. How fascinating. So Jesus is having this conversation with Nicodemus. He's trying to understand. He's a logical, earthly thinker. And Jesus says, you've got to think differently. You've got to be born. Yes, physical is real and right. But now you need to be born spiritually. And the spiritual, he said, it's like the wind. You, can't, you can see its effects, but you can't really measure it or understand it. The spirit is what's important. You need to be born of the spirit. But then Jesus equates the spirit to heaven. And he says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. Jesus said, I've come down from heaven and I'm here now, but I am still in heaven. How is that possible? Listen, please. It's so important. Your physical body is here on earth. Your spirit, if you are born again, Jesus' spirit is in heaven and it's eternal. Now, I'm going to say a few different verses to help you understand this. If you haven't quite got it yet, just stay with me and it'll start to click together. Let me read you another passage. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. It says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. God made time. The first day to the last day and every ticking second in between. God has made everything beautiful in its time. It says before this, there's a time for joy, a time for sadness, a time for all these different things. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, in the hearts of men. Yes, there's time, but he has also put a capacity for eternity in our hearts. Inside us, there is something that can understand eternity and spiritual things and can relate to them and be alive in eternity and in the spirit realm. But no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. While we're here on earth, we are still limited and we can't see the big picture. You know, when it says from beginning to end, I think of the timeline and the ruler. And we are on that timeline and we can't see the future. We can, to a degree, see the past based on what others tell us. But the, we, we're limited. We can't see the beginning and the end. But God is outside of time and he looks and he says, I see the beginning from the end. 
I see the end from the beginning. I can see it all. That's eternity. But it says God has made time and we are in it. No one can see everything from a time perspective, but he has put eternity in your heart. Okay, <laughs> the next one, the next description, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to read a few verses. Paul says, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. We're waiting to be clothed with heaven. There's me, the eternal me, the spiritual me in the middle of me that is groaning and waiting to be clothed with heaven. Verse 3, Indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. So even though I'm in an earth suit, my spirit still doesn't feel right. It needs heaven. I am a spirit and I'm just wearing a body. This is what this is saying. Verse 5, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. We have a part of heaven inside us as a guarantee. Verse 6, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, in the body or in heaven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And this is key. It's a, it's a faith thing. It's not a, a sight thing. I don't use my physical senses or logic to measure this. I've got to say, what is my spirit saying? I've got to walk by faith. I've got to see the invisible. And then verse 8, he says, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And then a little bit later, he makes it even clearer that the spiritual eternal part of us is actually in heaven. Verse 16, he says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. He says, I don't think of people as fleshly earth suits anymore. I see them as spirits walking around because that's the real them. That's what's going to live forever. Our earthly bodies will not. We used to see Christ as a fleshly body, but now I understand that's not the real him. And then he says, verse 17, and this is the famous verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now think about that. We think of that verse and we say, yes, yes, amen, wonderful. But have all things become new for you, for your body? Do you, did you get a new body when you became a believer? No. Did you get a new soul and emotions and thoughts when you became a believer? Not entirely, but you've got a brand new spirit. It says your spirit is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are made new. And now this is what I want you to see. The description of heaven in Revelation 21 says this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. John describing heaven. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, a new creation. For the old heaven, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. All things, old things have passed away. And then in verse 5, he says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Now, let me compare those two verses for you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. 
all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Revelation 21, description of heaven. I saw a new creation, new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Verse 5, behold, I make all things new. It's exactly the same language. And what he's saying in 2 Corinthians 5 is we are already in heaven. I'm rushing to get through some wonderful passages. So let me go to the next one to prove to you you are in heaven and how this works. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews says he's comparing Old Testament physical religion, where it was all about what you saw, what you heard, what you did with your physical strength and obeying rules and trying to get to heaven. And he says, we have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, with blackness, darkness, tempest, the sound of a trumpet, the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded, which was, if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. You see, physical religion and using our eyes and our sights and our, and our senses to try and get close to God is like this. It's all about commands and rules and fear. And I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed and, and there's penalties for sin. He says, you have not come to this thing that can be touched or that can be heard. Listen to what he says, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion. You have, you're already there to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to that. To an innumerable company of angels. You're already there with an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. You're already there. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. The spirits of just men made perfect. You're already there. Your spirit is perfect. And it's happened. It's not way in the future. It's not far away. It's right now. You've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus makes it possible. It's better than the blood that Abel spilled when he made that first animal sacrifice. In the beginning of Genesis, he made a sacrifice to God. And God says, all of those Old Testament sacrifices and blood were nothing compared to Jesus. You have come to heaven. Wow. Are you nearly convinced? One more. Romans chapter 8. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now listen to what it says about us. who believe in him, who are called by him, uh, who love him. Verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. Friends, glorified means in heaven. And he's speaking of it in the past tense. He says he foreknew. What does that mean? Well, when he's looking from eternity, 
He can see the whole thing. He can see I lived my life. I loved him, believed in him. I died and I went to heaven and he can see the whole thing. It's, he foreknows it. It's like I was with him from the beginning of time. It's almost like it says my name is written in the book of life from the beginning of the world because from eternity's point of view, there is no time. And he says he has already glorified me. I'm already glorified. What is the result of this? Well, all things are working together for my good. But what else? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What shall separate us from the love of God, a love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why? Because I'm seated in heaven. Friends, let me just close with, I don't have time to go into all these verses. I'm going to say one and then I'm going to close with some bullet points. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 48, describing Jesus resurrected and our resurrected bodies. He says, as was the man of dust, Adam, so also are those who are made of dust. As is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. That's us. We are as Jesus. 1 John 4, 17 says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Heavenly. And then it says, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so we shall also bear, or the majority text, which means most of the Greek texts say, let us also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit in corruption. He says we are the heavenly man. We have him inside us and we must bear that image. Right. Let me just give you some bullet points. What this means for us. We have access to God. We have intimacy with God. We are seated with him. We are already perfect. We have a new identity and citizenship. Philippians says uh, our citizenship is in heaven. Colossians 3 says, Since you are raised with Christ, set your minds on things above where Christ is. And when he appears, you will appear. That doesn't mean you'll suddenly appear. It means what's inside will be visible to everybody. We have purity and righteousness. We are already forgiven in heaven. We have knowledge. 1 John 2 says we know all things already. We have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 says. We have all things. I've just read, he will give us all things. We have power and authority. We're seated in authority with him. We have security. And the way that we get there is not trying to achieve something by our own physical efforts for a future reward. We are already seated there and it's working itself out. (laughs) Now, I've shared so many scriptures with you today. And I encourage you to go back, watch this again. Look at our website, leadinglightsnetwork.com. You can watch it again and make notes and read the notes there. But I just want to close with one or two more. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed us. We're already there. Friends, see who you are in Christ. See what your spirit is really like. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 
We're not just seated on a throne with him. We are one with him in our spirits. We are the same as him. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Pure, forgiven, holy. Wow. Accepted. And then Jesus' prayer that he encouraged us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. He says, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, I want to close with this. Jesus said, when we pray, we say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's he saying there? He's saying, your kingdom is already in me. We read that in Luke 17. Jesus said, don't go looking for it. It's not in the future. It's within you. But now he's saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, let this glory, security, peace, forgiveness, healing power that's in you come out. Start to change your soul and mind and emotions. Start to change your body with healing. Start to change the world around you as you Bring the kingdom of heaven wherever you go. Remember what Jesus said. As you go, preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Friends, this may be a new concept for you, but I want to say it's available not because you're good, but because you simply believe it. You simply say, yes, Lord. I accept this. Jesus, you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven, my spirit be born again, and I could be seated in heaven. I receive it right now. Just pray that prayer right now with me. Say, Lord, I believe it. Lord, I receive it in Jesus' name. Friends, we love you. We've got a website with so much for you to help you grow in Christ. The basics page will lead you through the basics of beginning a relationship with Christ. And then we've got pages on small groups, how to start groups, how to lead groups, a whole lot of Bible studies for you to use. We've got leadership talks. We've got a testimony section with so many testimonies of wonderful things God has done in people's lives. We've got a stories project so you can have stories to tell friends about Christ. We've got wonderful teaching and we will pray with you and help you. God loves you. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.